in a world gone mad. Only rationality and common sense can save it. It's Andrew and Jerry Save the World with your hosts, Andrew Langer and Jerry Rogers. And now, here's Andrew and Jerry. Hey, everybody. Welcome to yet another episode of Andrew and Jerry Save the World, Episode 8. Andrew and Jerry save Kevin McCarthy. I am Andrew Langer, and he is. I remain Jerry Rogers, of course. And and we want to start off by making sure people understand that, that first of all, we'll get into what we're talking about with regards to Kevin McCarthy. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, the GOP leader, the Republican minority leader in the House, uh, uh, California congressman, Republican GOP leader. Yes. And, and we, we are, we are obviously we are interested in saving Kevin McCarthy, but this is not to condone uh, anything in particular that Kevin McCarthy has done, nor is it to oppose anything in particular that Kevin McCarthy has done Um, with the exception of actually, I should, I should, I should clarify. We are deeply troubled. Well, listen, we're gonna have a great show today. Uh, We're going to be joined by former member of Congress, Nan McCarthy. This is Nan Hayworth. Thank you, Jerry. Uh, Nan Hayworth. Um, we you got are, McCarthy on the brain. I do have McCarthy on the brain. Um, this is this is not this is a show that is going to deal with a bunch of issues. This is not an issue specific show today. Uh, insofar as we are going to be talking about sort of regular order and and the collapse of Congress, and the con- collapse of rationality, and the, the RNC censure of Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney and. Uh, what's going on in Canada. We got a lot of stuff we want to talk about uh, today, uh, but but we wanted to start with this particular story. Uh, Jerry hit me to it. Um, Jerry, go ahead, go ahead and, and tell us all what the, what the what, how, as we start with the Kevin McCarthy story. Well, as we all know, the uh, RNC, the Republican National Committee, uh, just recently uh, passed a resolution uh, where they censure uh, Reps uh, Kin- Kinzinger, how do you say his name? Kinzinger. Kinzinger and uh, and Cheney. Uh, and for good reason, right? Because uh, both of these members of Congress have sided uh, with the politics of Pelosi, the 1-6, the January 6th committee. And again, Andrew and I have been very upfront about this. What happened on January 6, 2021, uh, was a political atrocity. The mob, the mob attack of the Capitol, our founding fathers. I did a whole program uh, uh, dedicated to this topic on WBAL, uh, talking about how the founding fathers feared the mob more than anything else, right? Yes. Uh, Also, as it was happening, I was on the air condemning what was happening, asking where is the president? Why hasn't he uh, spoken out forcefully? Okay, so we're on the record. Uh, Yeah, listen, and we shouldn't have to explain it. Right, but you have to. But because it is 2022. In in the age of Joe Rogan, you have to explain yourself over and over again. That's exactly Regardless, uh, so, uh, but however, this, this committee... Uh, has uh, has gone against uh, uh, the rules of the House. It's gone rogue. Uh, it has persecuted uh, 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 ordinary citizens. You know, so let's let's start here for a second, and let's sort of talk about about this. And you know, let's talk about you as you said. God, I can't believe I'm going to just repeat. I agree with everything that Jerry just said. We January sixth happened. January sixth was a there were criminal acts committed on January sixth. And as such, 
that means that it rests within the purview of law enforcement and law enforcement should be the ones that are dealing with this in a nation which is supposed to be governed by this thing called the rule of law and and is not supposed to be governed by politics and it for an incident that was that was driven by uh, an extremist view of politics and extreme political action, right? I, I don't think I'm saying anything that you would disagree with there, Jerry. No. Um, maybe, just maybe, in order to deal with it in a rational manner, in a manner that actually moves the nation forward, maybe, just maybe, it should be done. It should be dealt with outside of the political process and not used for political football. I agree. And, and- I agree. But 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 even still, the Congress can still investigate it as long as law enforcement. The problem is, is that Pelosi and the Democrats have weaponized it. That's the thing. And that's where I was getting to, Jerry, is that that the problem with this thing becoming political is that these kinds of investigations eventually become political witch hunts. And we've known people caught up in political witch hunts. I want to listen. I'll come in here and say this. You know, our guest, we didn't even talk about it last week. He referenced it. Uh, but David Safavian, when he came on, we didn't talk about David Safavian's story, but David Safavian got caught up in a political witch hunt. In fact, it happened, it wound up being a bipartisan uh, political witch hunt in the end, but it was nonetheless driven by, uh, in, in no small measure, it started with uh, the acts that Senator John, the late Senator John McCain had to grind with a number of people within the conservative movement, and David Safavian got caught up in it. We've known other people who've gotten caught up in it. It, Dave, and, and, David ended up being convicted of or uh, well, th- th- there was a what was it, a hung jury the first yes. time a mistrial. Uh, it was all process crime. But but let me just uh, again, just comment yeah. on this. And that is, uh, you know, the Andrew and Jerry save Kevin McCarthy. Um, the media has been pushing this January 6th commission, pushing the theme of insurrection, Uh, And all the rest of it, right? The big lie, all the rest of it. And recently, right, the RNC uh, passes this this resolution condemning these two members, Cheney and um, Kinzinger, because they are giving cover to the partisanship of the Democrats. And here's the thing. The media over the last several days has reported this resolution uh, as as legitimizing the mob attack. And And that's not true. Let me say something else, Jerry, real quick, before we get into the resolution. I want to I want to say something else about January 6th and the January 6th investigation and why January 6th itself should be investigated, because I, I because I think. You and I have talked about the grift yeah, and how movements can be destroyed by grifters. Um, I would not be surprised to discover that certain people, and I'm not going to name them uh, because I don't know offhand, but I would not be surprised to discover that certain people who have, who were involved in this and who have been involved in political grifting in the past, um, uh, were not paid by, I will say, foreign agents. Right here's the here's the grand irony here. You know, you have Jimmy Carter coming out, or or having it, uh, someone come out and talk about Jimmy Carter's comments in 2019 about the legitimacy of the 2016 presidential election. We went down this road where people think uh, uh, thought that Donald Trump was elected uh, because of uh, a foreign influence in our elections. That was that's that 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 has never been proven. 
Um, in well, fact, no, just better, better than that. Yeah. It's demonstrably false. Y- yes, but but we know that. Well, we know that. The, I'm sorry. We know that the Russians interfered on both sides in the 20th and, and they election. and they have been yes. for elections uh, forever. But the charge from Jimmy Carter, from Nancy Pelosi, uh, from the Democrats, from the media, uh, is was uh, and that, so- so- that somehow the Russians hacked this election. Yes. Now, now, wouldn't it be great to discover that? The that the funding for some of the grifters who were involved in the in the organization of January 6th, wouldn't it be great to discover if some of them had received money from outside of the United States, um, which is why it's important for law enforcement. And frankly, if Congress wanted to use its power to go down this road and look at it, that would be fine. But that's not what they did. Instead, what has happened is they've gone far afield and used this as a political witch hunt, as Jerry said, that's been weaponized to go after people who were not involved in January 6th, weren't involved in the events inside the Capitol, but were being but are being brought in specifically right. because of the witch hunt. So which gets us into the resolution. I'm going to pull up. Well, the before before now. you before yeah, read the resolution and then let's play the tape of Kevin McCarthy, yes. uh, leader McCarthy uh, being chased in the halls of Congress. Yeah, so this is this is the resolution itself, um, and, and you get down to it. I, I I'm sorry, I, I want to be really clear about something. I have edited it here for those of you who are listening and not and not uh, watching. Um, I I took a screenshot of it essentially, and then had um, uh, highlighted, uh, circled the relevant passage that everybody's dealing with, uh, and it says whereas Representatives Channing and Kinzinger are participating in a Democrat-led persecution of ordinary citizens engaged in legitimate political discourse, and they are both utilizing their past professed political affiliation to mask Democrat abuse of prosecutorial power for partisan purposes, therefore, therefore be it. And, and the language of this is very important. Jerry, I know you want now, to- Now, nowhere else often. in this resolution does it use the phrase or a phraseology, legitimate political discourse. This paragraph is the only place it's clear. It's, this is a one-page document. It's very clear. My seven-year-old boy could read this and understand that what this resolution is speaking to is ongoing, current, today, yes. as we speak, uh, a persecution of ordinary citizens engaged in legitimate political discourse. However, the New York Times, I think, was the first, but the Washington Post, uh, Politico, Axios, NBC News, Morning Joe, all the rest followed with the wrong narrative, the purposeful wrong narrative, because anyone could read this thing and get the truth that the resolution, the resolution legitimizes as uh, the uh, the mob attack that this resolution uh, says uh, that it legitimizes uh, one six mob as legitimate political discourse because it does because, nothing of the sort because it, you know either way it would have said who were engaging in or who had engaged right. in are yeah, yeah are participating just, i mean again you don't need to be or had participated teacher. in but this is all as you said the present tense it's things that that both because when you first said it jerry you were you were first talking about what Kinzinger and Cheney are doing, and that's Correct. part of it. Right. But also the resolution talks about what the, the legitimate political discourse that is currently going on, not 
not talking specifically about right. January 6th. Or and, and here's the thing. We, we could lay out for you a list of the citizens uh, being uh, their, their rights being abused by this partisan uh, committee. However, here's my suggestion. Yeah. Don't take my word for it or Andrew's word for it. Go pick up someone like Mo uh, Molly Hemingway. Yeah. who has reported on this and go and look at what this rogue committee, frankly, this committee, uh, because of the way it was organized, it, um, it failed to, 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 uh, to uh, come under house rules right. really has, has no subpoena power yet. They're, they are subpoena. Uh, they, they do subpoenas. Uh, this, this, this committee uh, has, uh, has required that the president of the United States submit uh, uh, notes on conversations. And again, how how dangerous that is and how partisan Joe Biden is. Every president has said, no, there's a privilege here. Yeah. And 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 the the courts and the Biden administration, the political establishment, the media have all said eh, it's Trump. Who cares? Well, you know what? The next time right? Uh, the next president or president 100 years from now, why would I want to give advice to the president if his notes, if this, if this, if this confidential advice uh, can be made public sometime later out of context? Yeah. No, no, no woman, no man in their right mind is going to want to serve uh, the president. Again, it gets down to the concept of the best lack all conviction while the worst are filled with passion. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, so now, if you don't mind, Andrew, play yeah. this clip. Because yeah. here's my take on this. Andrew, oh, Andrew, I keep on saying Andrew McCarthy. Uh, and I know what Andrew McCarthy Listen, I, And I said, well, we both do. And I said, uh, I said, uh, uh, Nan McCarthy. So, yeah. But, we, we but, but Kevin McCarthy, the leader, the leader of the GOP in the House, he's running away from this reporter who is promoting this false narrative. The, the leader, the, Mr. McCarthy, should have simply stopped and corrected her. And all you got to do is read the resolution. I'm sorry. Right. Go ahead. So here we go. You know what? Make an appointment office come up all the time. It's the same thing over and over again. But essentially, essentially what she's saying is she's saying to the leader, she's saying, uh, can you comment here? Uh, you, you just had it. But can yeah. you comment on the resolution uh, that says the mob attack was legitimate political discourse? Yeah. Well, and all, all he had to do was stop and simply say, um, oh, my goodness, uh, you have this wrong. Uh, it does no such thing. Please gonna, read. In fact, come into my office and we can read it together. We can read it together. We can actually have a conversation about this. I'm right. going to play you what it was. My immediate reaction was that it reminded me of this scene uh, from uh, a Bronx tale. <laughs> Hopefully. See you later. Ms. De Niro. Getting off the bus. Oh yes, of course. He's getting off the bus. He sees the guy. Louis, my grandmother's sick. I gotta get out of here. I'll talk to you later. I can't. I gotta go do something. Where's my fucking money? Oh hey, oh, sorry, sorry. But here's the thing oh, about this scene, right? Catch you, piece of shit. Oh my goodness, he, uh, all right. all the profanities. All but right. this, uh, but again, a Bronx tale. This character, uh, uh, the main character, gets off the bus. His father's a bus driver. Sonny is there, and the 
He's the local wise guy. Uh, Sonny, uh, Sonny's the wise guy. Anyway, long story short, this guy owes him 20 bucks. He's running away. It's, it's kind of funny. Kevin McCarthy running, running away from this reporter. This is, and this is why we, we, we said Andrew Jerry saving Kevin McCarthy. Cause this, the, this is the problem with Republicans. Uh, this is an op- this is there's an opportunity here in real time to correct the false narrative yes. that this censor that the censure that this um, resolution uh, somehow legitimizes the mob attack. It does not. Jerry, Jerry, I, I want to I'm going to play this again. And I just want you to imagine that the reporter is asking him, where's my money? Yeah, where's my money? Where's my money? Louis, where's my money? <laughs> now, hey, listen, for where's our audience. Money? See, what are you doing? You should go back and see that scene. Now, the guy who says who's running away, I got to go see my grandmother. That that guy's name is uh, Massimiliano Ginovino. He, oh, uh, that's the guy, not the yes. guy who played C. No, 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 no. The other guy. Oh, okay. Got it. Massimiliano Ginovino. And uh, I taught him. He was in my class, a senior uh, at Iona Prep. And again, the leather jacket he was wearing was the same leather jacket when he came into my class. I'd be, I'd be like, hey, Max, take that jacket off. It's not it's not. You say, not, Max, <laughs> take that jacket off and give me my twenty dollars. Oh, my goodness. Where's my <laughs> effing money? Oh, my goodness. But anyway, so, yeah. So Massimiliano Ginovino lived on Arthur Avenue. His real father owned a pizza shop right there on Arthur Avenue in the Bronx. And uh, and, and and again, part of this was Chaz Palmieri. Paul, uh, Charles, say his name. Charles Palmieri. He uh, Charles he's from commentary. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, yeah, it's one of those days. Yes. Anyway, but he is from Arthur Avenue. That's his neighborhood. Yeah. And he went out and got guys from the neighborhood to play in it. So I uh, Chaz. Uh, anyway, so the bottom line is this. You can't let these false narratives. Uh, you and I used to talk about this all the time. Of course. What is the best way to combat a lie? It's with the truth. Of course. And so. Uh, and again, uh, M- uh, Morning Joe, all the all the all the cable shows, CNN, MSNBC, are having these shows saying that Mitch McConnell he is showing the leader leadership uh, because, well, again, the resolution doesn't say what you say it says. Yes, and where I don't understand why no one has besides Jerry Rogers and Andrew Langer, why no one has pushed back. Well, and that's just it, right? Where's the RNC are, statement? Hold on, they are they are pushing, but well, I don't know about the Ooh, RNC. I haven't they, seen nothing. Well, well, no, no, no. I don't know about the RNC, right? And I suspect that the RNC is ascribing to the concept that if you have to explain, you're losing. That if they have to respond to it, that means that they're that they're losing. Has that worked out for us, I, dude? But that's allowing it, allowing right? the false but again in this situation, you're damned if you're doing, you're damned. I, if I don't you're know. Doing. You know what? So I no longer ascribe to that. To that, uh, to that cliched advice, that platitude. If you're explaining, you're losing. We'll tell you what. Bullshit. You got to explain. <laughs> you have to explain because the left. Maybe we should have called this Andrew and Jerry safe cursing. <laughs> I'm sorry, but this is not the, a the, Geraldine the, friendly the, show today. But the bottom line is, is you got to tell the truth. We'll tell you what. We're gonna we're gonna ask our. We're I'm, I have a I have a sneaking suspicion that our guest is going to agree with you on this, Jerry. Uh, Jazz that, Palmentary, you're right. Yes, yes. My, my, my brother from the Bronx, and I, I, and I messed up it's his name. It's all right. It, it, it oh, I'm so Speaking upset. Speaking of which, I can say this at the end of the show. Speaking of, yeah. of brothers from the Bronx, my aunt, my aunt Fran, 
Uh, her birthday was yesterday, Jerry. She turned 94. God bless her. Yes. We've got to do this. Speaking of friends, I told you this already, but for our audience, um, if you want to understand New York. Oh, no, 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 no. Get to that at the end. I, oh, pulled, the end. I, pulled, I pulled the clip. All right. All right, all right. My point is, I have a sneaking suspicion. I have a sneaking suspicion that our guest is going to agree with you on this. Uh, let's 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 switch over now, Jerry. Got it. Uh, to our uh, our segment that we call expert advice. Expert advice. Well, I've wanted to have this guest on for quite a long time now, I, long since before we were even uh, talking about doing the podcast. I loved having her on my old show. I think, Jerry, you've had her on as well. Yes, of uh, course. You know, joining us for our expert advice segment is former congresswoman from the great state of New York, New York Dr. Nan Hayworth. Nan, so glad you could join <laughs> us today. Well, I, I am absolutely honored, and uh, this is very exciting, and to speak with two of the people whom I find really, no, truly compelling, thoughtful. Thank you. Uh, you know, just my, my, my hope is that your fame will grow and grow, so. <laughs> well, listen, we're going to we're gonna talk about we're going to talk about Joe Rogan and Spotify. Uh, we are sticking with Spotify. We're going to talk about him, but we don't want you to come in on the on a quiet. Yet, but we are sticking with Spotify. We're <laughs> we're on Rumble already, so uh, it, it's it's all good there. But uh, Nan, we were just talking about Kevin McCarthy. We played this video of McCarthy running down the hallway of the Capitol uh, in response to the the this story, which we think is is a, yet another of these big lies. Uh, this attempt to paint the RNC resolution, um, the censoring revo- censuring rev- resolution of Adam Kinzinger and Liz Cheney, the yeah. attempt to paint that as somehow legitimizing January 6th. Right. Let's start with that. Why hasn't there been a greater pushback on that false narrative? Um, it's a disappointment that there hasn't been. I've been pushing back on Good. it uh, because... It, I served in the House as a freshman with Adam Kinzinger. He was a solid conservative. Uh, he was he was a team player, as far as I can tell. He was a, a rising star, to be sure. Um, I was distinctly disappointed when he and Representative Cheney uh, agreed to uh, take these uh, so-called Republican places on the January 6th committee, which I continue, consider to be a complete sham. This right. is... The problem is not that someone would be troubled by let's take it to the the, the you know the thirty thousand foot level. Uh, all of us should be troubled by what happened at the Capitol on January sixth, twenty twenty one. But all of us should be asking every question uh, that we can about the facts of the case. Yes, January sixth committee, as constituted by Nancy Pelosi. Uh, and the House Democrats, has no such intention. It is strictly a kangaroo court, a star chamber, a sham, a fraud, call it what you will. And the fact that Cheney and Kinzinger uh, legitimize this uh, this fraud uh, disgusts me. And I don't blame the RNC for censuring them because they should not receive the support of the Republican National Committee in my uh, humble opinion. And I'm not, uh, you know, I don't like internecine battles. I especially don't like internecine battles that are dragged into the public sphere, but Cheney and Kinziger chose to do this. Yeah, and- it, 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 gets in, it gets into this, this real question. So Jerry and I were talking about this 
um, about the, the, the nature of a fishing expedition. Yeah. And we've seen this before, you know, the, this idea that, you know, you, well, actually, let me, let me pull it back a little bit. And I know you're not a lawyer, you're a physician, but, but, you know, to, to my view, the problem with the January 6th commission, and we can talk about how it might, it's improperly constituted. Mm -hmm. There is, there is the legal aspect of this and there were laws that were broken. I think we can all agree on this, that there were laws that were broken. And that is the purview of law enforcement. Congress obviously has its investigatory power, but the problem is with a case that is essentially founded on uh, uh, what's the extreme politics and an extreme way of engaging in politics, engaging in more extreme politics is not the right answer. What are your thoughts here? Well, Andrew, that's an exceedingly, and I I compliment you, an exceedingly thoughtful and diplomatic way of putting it. Um, (laughs) No, and I I used I used a curse word earlier to describe (laughs) it. (laughs) Yes, I I and I. By the way, I never ever curse in the podcast. My mom listens, and so Uh, I, I I think it's the first time ever, Andrew. I used a bad word. Sure, I apologize. I'm sorry, Nan. I'm sorry. No, not at all. I uh, engage in profanity frequently, <laughs> <laughs> including online, because I'm 62 and I can do what I like. <laughs> I love it. Yes. <laughs> and I ain't running for anything <laughs> and never will again. Oh, that's I've so been good. Liberated. So, so. Like, God forbid we speak our mind, right? Well, it, yes. And, and we all do run the risk. of uh, running afoul of the rapidly evolving. And hey, you got to give free enterprise credit. It does everything better than communism. So our social credit system (laughs) under our free enterprise system (laughs) is evolving apace. We're going to do it better and faster than the Communist Party in China (laughs) because we're Americans. Yeah, no, I mean, dead serious. I mean, this is, once you get, uh, you know, like, there are so many threats to our liberties, but woke, so-called woke yeah. corporatism, woke capitalism um, is perhaps the most urgent one. And we can talk all about that, but back to the January 6th committee for, yeah. for a moment. Much was wrong about January 6th. Of course. No one who entered the Capitol uh, without permission should have been there. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree. But anyone looking at the even the most easily accessed public information uh, should have serious questions about uh, how this uh, how this all happened. Uh, Darren Beatty at Revolver News has done yeoman work, as you know. Uh, in documenting using the publicly available uh, surveillance, if you will, people with their own cell phone cameras, right? Because the, for whatever reason, uh, Speaker Pelosi and the Capitol Police will not allow the release of the surveillance videos that the public actually owns. That's public property, far sure. as I know. Why can't we see the surveillance videos from inside the Capitol? Why? And, and more to the point, right, if it tells the story that this commission thinks that it tells, right. all the more reason to release it. Of but course, I'm sorry, go it. ahead. Yeah. But yeah. they're not doing that. And, you know, who? why, why was Ray Epps 
not, uh, why is he not incarcerated? My God, he was telling people they needed to go in and breach the Capitol. He was talking with the people who were calmly opening the barricades again in eyewitness videos. Who was the scaffold commander? Sitting up on the scaffolding with a megaphone, telling people, move in, move in, move in. Why was John Sullivan within but a couple of feet, if I'm recalling correctly, of Ashley Babbitt when she was shot? Yeah, these are all these are all. But but also and also right now, I mean, I think it's important to know if we're going down. This is why law enforcement is so vital in all of this. I would think we would want to know if, in point of fact, you and I both know, we are the three of us all know that there are folks who engage in the political grift, right? They, 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 they create causes simply to separate uh, gullible people from their money. Yes. And we know that there were some of those folks who were involved in organizing the rally. I'm not going to name specifically. Sure. Right. Um, and wouldn't it be nice to know if some of them were being paid by foreign governments, right? If they'd, sure. if they'd, res- so, so all of these things, right. As we talk about who was directing this and again, right. I mean, I don't want to go down the road and say, well, you know, this is, these are, these are, you know, Democrat provocateurs or these are FBI provocateurs. But but I would like to know I would like to know if there was Chinese or Russian money sure. that was being yeah. used to because this is where we are right now. This right. is exactly what the Russians and the Chinese want, isn't it? And and yeah. this is this is the challenge too because Andrew was saying earlier today that if we're explaining we're losing and to be yes, honest important question Thank and you. and to be honest with you and Nan I'll ask you this I think we're at a point now where um where where our silence. Uh, we just let the false narratives take hold. I remember, just real quick, I remember yeah. during the uh, uh, George W. Bush uh, administration, uh, I was at the Manhattan Institute, and uh, we were very frustrated uh, that the president wasn't doing a better job of uh, defending his policies, his anti-terror policies. Yep. And, and, and later on, we find out that the president thought it was unpresidential. He thought that it wasn't, you know, the truth is the truth, and he wasn't going to explain himself. And And I think we've learned since then that if we're not pushing back, if we're not telling the truth, then these false narratives take, uh, then, take, take with that in mind. Right. Cause I had just said to Jerry before you came on, cause he asked the question, why hasn't the RNC corrected the record and made it really clear? So, well, maybe the RNC thinks that if they have to explain what their resolution says, it means they're losing. Where do you come yeah. down in, in all of this? Um, uh, well, a couple of thoughts on that. Yep. One is, you know, having been obviously in active political life for several years, um, I've heard arguments on both sides of those sorts of issues, you know, and, and there is a certain amount of there's an art and a science to knowing when you want to give something oxygen and when you don't. Right. But in this case, um, I think my role model for I mean, and look, I've been a Trump supporter. I have no regrets. I am very proud of uh, what I did to support. Wait, Nan, are you saying that that we're not we're not better off with Joe Biden? Oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I I may be making news today. Oh my! Oh I'm making my. news with that. Yeah, Hayworth, <laughs> not fan of Biden. <laughs> yeah, for for those who've never met me and never read anything on, of mine on Twitter, but but uh, and there are such people. Lucky them. But 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 my model for you know my I adored President Trump in many ways. But I did feel that his stream of consciousness uh, did render him more vulnerable to his critics 
Uh, I love the shoes. That, that's a real picture. That's yeah, a but I pulled up for those of you listening. I pulled up Nan's Twitter no. feed for, for the, yeah, I, wanna, I have to interrupt for a second. Cause you put the shoes up now, yeah. Nan, you may or may not remember, but years ago, um, my brother and I, my brother, Timothy, Timothy Rogers, uh, we yeah. were working uh, with um, the independent women's forum and, uh, and they honored you that year. And my brother just fell in love with you. Oh. Uh, and, but mostly it was because of your fashion, the shoes. And so Timothy's now working again, this is a personal, uh, but Timothy's now he's, uh, he's, uh, he's at the chamber of commerce in uh, South Carolina, but oh. I can't wait, but he'll watch this. And, and, uh, and so, so Tim just thought you were fantastic. Your fashion, your fashion was fantastic. Anyway, I'm sorry. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, I, I do like shoes. I will say. That. <laughs> I had a, sorry, Andrew. I had to do that. Yeah, no, no, no. But you were saying. That picture was taken by a photographer, I think, in the hill. I did not set up that page. My buddy who did put the shoe picture in. It was, but it was presented that way in the hill because, you know, pretty and pink because my shoes were distinct contract to the black to Oxford. Everybody else was wearing the black. But anyway, um, but what I was going to say is President Trump's uh, absolute stream of consciousness. Yes, he was barraged uh, relentlessly with criticisms, with attacks, with uh, you know, the Biden and that, well, the, the Obama rather, uh, DOJ and FBI, uh, doing dastardly things against him. You know, I, all that is, is fair and true. Uh, but I do think there are ways that if I could have taken a little molecular screwdriver and just tweaked some of yeah. the things he said, I think he could have had more, more forcefulness, uh, more potency without losing any of his, You're right. um, his staunch supporters. And my model for that is Ron DeSantis. Yes. Ron Andrew and I, Andrew and I used to watch the pressers, the Donald yeah. Trump pressers. We'd have to for uh, our our radio shows, WBAL. Right. Of and, course. And, and and we'd be texting each other. Stop now. Just stop. Right. Exactly. Stop. Just walk stop. away. Walk, walk away. away stop me. now. But but you're right, and you're absolutely right about about the governor. Yeah. No. Ron DeSantis does not let things just drop. He takes things on, he takes them by the horns, and he exudes confidence born yes. of uh, intellect and com- and competence. You know, he is he is able to deliver the goods. Yep. And he won't put up with any nonsense. Yep. Uh, and and he does it exactly right. He's- you know, I'm 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 watching this. Uh, I just watched. I binge watched it. The uh, Jack Reacher. Um, oh, how is uh, it? It's excellent. Oh, I want to watch it so it's badly. Okay, excellent. It's so good. I'm going to use it uh, to make a point on the uh, uh, Andrew and Jerry save the world. Okay, good. And, and that is this. I like the immediate justice. There's a bad thing that happens, and Jack Reacher, and very like the governor, uh, uh, very simply and quickly just stops it. Yeah, right. he just does it with great force. Right. And you're and you're that's a great uh, that's a great uh, juxtaposition. Uh, President Trump uh, and, 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 and the governor, because you're, yeah. we can make a point and then move on. Right. Yes. Right. So now, yeah. And thank you, Jerry, for that. Cause now that, now that uh, 1883 is almost coming to a close. Dude, and I'm giving, I'm giving gonna, you all uh, kinds uh, of, of, of and, 
Yes, we're pretend, we're gonna pretend it's Williams. a city. Jack Reacher. Jack Reacher. Go back yeah, and rewatch yeah. Quantum Leap. You'll be fine. <laughs> yes, man. Oh. That Jerry's big thing is everybody should go back and watch Quantum Leap, especially because they're going to reboot it. Let's shift gears. I never saw it the first time. I'm sorry. Oh, oh you got to go back it. and oh, watch it. it. The first three se- seasons, especially, or, or seasons one and two and four, apparently, according to Jerry, because oh my. season three takes a dive. Yeah. Um, let's yeah. shift. <laughs> let me shift gears though, and and ask you this because it's been in the news this week. This this schism between uh, President Trump and Vice President Pence uh, yeah. over over what Pence should have done. What, what are your thoughts on this? I mean, listen, I, I say this yeah. uh, of Pence for many years. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if you know this, Nan, but Pence's subcommittee on on small business mm-hmm. um, uh, was the first committee that I testified before in That's Congress oh. in the early 2000s. So I, I've been a fan of his since way back when. Yeah, I was always a fan. Yeah. And I used to, in fact, it's funny. I, I just said this to somebody. And Andrew, I, re- I remember that testimony. It was really, it was Thank great you. stuff. It, listen, it, it was it was the greatest <laughs> testimony ever given before. Yes, it was. Jerry, listen. <laughs> but it's it's funny because I used to drive. So what shoes were you wearing, Andrew? Oh, yes. Uh, they, were, they were, in fact, they were pink. Uh, not oh. as high a heel as you. Oh, there you go. Oh. Um, but I used to drive uh, <laughs> friends of ours who did a political poll, a presidential poll, uh, crazy because I always insisted on having Mike Pence included in the poll. And they said, Andrew, yes. Mike Pence is never going to be, you know, anything, blah, blah. So, so what, what are your thoughts on this? Because this is, this is interesting to me, this, uh, this, this split. And to me, it's the difference between what Mike Pence thought he could do politically and what he could do yeah. legally. Right. Right. Um, a few thoughts. I've always defended Vice President Pence. Yeah. And I, I love President Trump, but uh, Vice President Pence did the right thing. Of uh, that was the, the legal process and our election yes. uh, process. You know, I have not been designed to address, right? Let's Go ahead, keep, keep going. Now, the situation such as we saw in 2020, there were, um, I think it's fair to say that there are certainly folks who contend that the legal process uh, could have been handled uh, more effectively in certain respects. It was too chaotic. Um, Perhaps, I'm not an attorney. And I was not involved in anything other than, you know, speaking out, uh, right. and, you know, su- supporting the questions that I think were rightly asked about the way in which that election was prosecuted. Uh, and there are indeed uh, lasting and profound uh, implications for uh, the way in which we pursue elections. And Pennsylvania is a prime example of this. Pennsylvania yep. and indeed, you know, Raffensperger in Georgia is, yep. you know, going after yep. uh, potential sources of fraud. Uh, you know, you've seen it in Arizona. You've seen it in Wisconsin. Uh, look, look, the, the, the mainstream media admitted after the fact about how they fortified the election. Oh, you absolutely. Know, yeah. Andrew, Andrew and I talked about this uh, too many times, Andrew, but the, where Andrew and I have come down, I don't want to speak for you, for, for you, Andrew, but is that there was a lot of 
there was a lot of work to be done prior to the election that for some reason, Hold on. Uh, the Trump campaign and uh, uh, didn't engage in it. Pre- and this is what I want to ask about this. I want to ask yeah. Dan about this, Jerry. I'm going to interrupt you here. Sure. Man, do you think, and I know you're not a lawyer, but you know, political lawyers, there's a, there's all, there are a great many really good political lawyers. Yeah. What do you think the impact was? Actually, I'm going to, I'm going to speculate. I want to get your thoughts. Yeah. Were too many of the good, competent, exceptional yeah. political lawyers on the conservative side bullied from assisting Donald Trump? I, you know, I, I don't. I, I'm sorry, I that's know. a tough question. You, you may no, not. No, be no, no, no. It's you know what? Um, I don't have enough personal knowledge okay. of what went on to to say that particularly however I, I, well, by the way i'm not saying bullied by donald trump i'm saying no, bullied no, by the leftist I'm not press. either yeah. no but i do i do definitely have that sense that there were a lot of much lower key uh highly competent people uh who were sidelined yeah. by particularly the, the whole lynn wood thing to me yeah i mean if if anybody seems like a false flag it's lynn wood in <laughs> Right. Yeah, I have. Yes. Listen, I have. I, I will say this again, not mentioning names, but there are several that come to mind. Uh, lawyers who are are claim competence that they simply do not have. Right. No. And, um, and, and, yeah. Right. And we all know. I mean, Lidwood, obviously, for yeah. um, Covington. Uh, you know, blanking on that nice young man's name right now, but you know, he he. I was glad that uh, that young man had a yeah. had a you know a, a, a psychotic bulldog like Lynn Wood on his side. But <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know how else to say it. But but you know, Robert Barnes, you know, I would listen to Robert Barnes, okay. and uh, you know he warned about the lawfare into which yes. Powell. Uh, Sidney Powell in particular, who again has seemed impressive in many respects. Yes. But, you know, is that she was really with her, with her, the particular way she was going after Dominion, that that was going to be a problem. So there was just, there were, there were a lot of moving parts. Jerry, apropos of what you said about uh, the media admitting they, uh, they facilitated. Fortified the election, right? Fortified the election, exactly, which is a term that is the media, Mark Zuckerberg. Yes. Uh, uh, you know, all of the, uh, you know, the, the right-minded yes. corporate types. Or betters, you know, or betters. The U.S. Chamber of Commerce. Yes. US, right, you know, and I hope they're happy with what they got. <laughs> you know, those those SOBs, forgive me, because uh, that really just just right. grinds my God. gears. But, but they it, it was essentially, I mean, it was it was brazen. It was breathtaking to yeah. me. Basically, you know, these are the, the bank robbers after the robbery bragging about how they yes look it, what, what i've what i've always said at wbal on, on the radio show this is how yeah. much they think we're on the side right of the right yeah. the fix yeah. the fix was in uh it was in in a way though that uh, the president the former president uh did not articulate yes and that's part that's part of the and to your point andrew there was a the, the major law firm uh, that was representing the trump campaign in pennsylvania dropped out yes. yeah uh, because of political pressure just right. days after the election. And we know what happened in Pennsylvania. So, right. our uh, good so friend, listen, our good friend, Cleta Mitchell is no longer practicing law because she was being hounded uh, by, 
Yeah, I mean, th- this is in- this is insane. You know, and it harkens. It's interesting because it harkens back, it, not to change topics, but it harkens back to our some of our friends in the science community yep. who voice skepticism yep. over man-made climate change, uh, who have been been drummed from and yes. harassed. Uh, we already for- have a social yeah. credit system here. Yes, we yeah, absolutely. So, so, so talk about that because because this is this is exactly somebody was talking about China and and the kind of authoritarian views that we have, and yeah. somebody I was reading has said the, we we're already the, there. The, the, the culture, the cultural revolution has come to America. Yeah, but, but go ahead, Nan. Please talk about that. And we've done it ourselves. You yeah. know, I, I so I grew up in Northwest Indiana. Went to public yes. high school, wonderful public high school, Munster High School. I talk about my teachers and you know my parents. I was blessed to have incredible parents, um, and I was recruited to attend Princeton University. I cherished every day I was there. I I loved my alma mater. I was a very active alumna. There's a reason I'm saying this, um, and you know I I did extremely well there. I was a, a science person, obviously a biology major, um, but. Uh, it, it was it was it's been fascinating in the decades since graduation uh, to observe my my then future husband and I were the only two people we knew who voted for President Reagan in 1980. And I'm very proud of that vote, was proud of it at the time. I've always been a Republican my whole life, but, you know, not because I just, you know, follow what my parents were and they sure. were thoughtful Republicans, but because it always made sense to me, you know, just to, if you have to align with a party that party directionally is the better one. So what I observed over time was that, especially living in Metro New York, being a doctor, you know, you're, you're in that bubble, you're in that educated suburbanite bubble. You know, I call them the bien pensant, you know, they're, they're the right thinking people, right? Sure. And they, they, they crank us out of these elite institutions. And I observed it among, you know, I especially became attuned to it when I entered politics and started, uh, you know, broadening my horizons in New York and returning to my Midwestern roots in a lot of ways in certain parts of the district I served. It was wonderful. Yes. Um, and, and I've always been, you know, a fan of um, micro dirty jobs. I always told my kids, you know, we, we respect and revere the trades, you know, whatever you guys want to do in life, it's all great by me. And I'm certainly no family's like, Oh, I have to be a doctor or a lawyer, blah, blah, blah. You know, so, so that bubble, that highly educated suburbanite bubble, you know, that Ivy league crowd, the, the top universities are grinding out these people, cranking them out. And they're all imbued with this sense that I have unique gifts yeah. and knowledge to change the world, I'm going to change the world through policy, sure. right? Yeah. I'm going to do it through policy. So having, you know, they're the goo-goos, you know, the good government types, you know, the, the more we do through government, the better. And if uh, if my industry has a cozy relationship with the government, well, that's all okay, because we're all doing the right thing. <laughs> yes. Love These it. These are the people who are bringing us down today. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. You know, hey. this, sorry, Jerry, go ahead. Langer and I had an old boss at the Competitive Enterprise Institute, a guy named Fred Smith, and Fred would make this very point. He would say that uh, the problem with capitalism is that it creates wealth and wealth right. creates exactly. uh, those uh, who are uh, who are intellectuals who um, who yep. don't who don't engage in a trade. They're not building right. something. So right. therefore, they have all this education and expertise. So they therefore they feel entitled to rule you and oh, they exactly. know better than you. Exactly, and, and and that's and that's part of the problem. You know, that's part of the uh, challenges right. of of a free enterprise system. We right. create we create this intellectual class, uh, and they and, and again we talk about this all the time. 
the hypocrisy, right? It's not hypocrisy. It's hierarchy. They, they don't, they, they don't, they don't think the rules that apply to us should even apply to them, which is why you see a Stacey Abrams with no mask on in a classroom with children and teachers all with masks on. And, and, you know, Eric Adams in New York saying everybody has to eat a vegan meal when he admits that he eats fish. I mean, all of these (laughs) things go in and Right. You're so right. It's the complacency. It's the hubris. Yes. Uh, We witness the apotheosis of the laptop class. (laughs) I love that. And there is a and there is a a category of people who want to be ruled over. Before we get to that, and I want to talk about Joe Rogan, Nan, I actually because of where you lived in Westchester. I need to ask you this question. You need to help settle a debate between me. Oh, please. Me and Jerry, I'm going to ask her. I hope I can. Dan Hayworth, <laughs> where, where does upstate New York begin? Before you answer, though, <laughs> understand that I'm I'm from the Bronx. Right. And Andrew kind of grew up in Westchester. I right. did grow up in Westchester. Right. All right. Very right. good. Yes. But so but Jerry and Jerry's Jerry's opinion is. Yonkers. That upstate begins at <laughs> Yonkers. Yonkers at McLean <laughs> Avenue on the on the major. McLean Canadian. Avenue. You cross over to you cross yes. over yes. McLean Avenue. Yeah. You're, you're, upstate. In, you're in Yonkers. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, make it, I'll make it easy for you. Upstate is any place north and west of where I live. Okay, there you go. All right, because <laughs> I, I I say it's north right, of Dutchess County. Dutchess County. I say it's north of Dutchess County. Yeah. I, I love a, I love upstate. I'm an upstater. Yes, so I yeah, I, I'm I'm with you, Jerry. I kind of define upstate as <laughs> <laughs> I'll go, well, here, I'll but, go you know, here, you know, here's the I'll thing. Go too. Past, I'll go past Westchester. I would say that's upstate. Okay. Well, uh, I have um uh, I have family uh, that moved from the Bronx uh, that uh, to this day live up in Geneva, New York. Yeah. And uh, in fact, my 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 family owns the big uh, house of guitars in, in Geneva. Oh, wow. But so I, I get Andrew. I understand what upstate I know. Is, I know. Right? I just wanted to ask. But, but, but however, but, but there, there was a point, And again, Fran Lieberwitz in this show uh, pretend it's yeah. a city gets to this. Uh, if you grow up in New York at a certain time, you yeah. really did have this hubris that oh, yeah. that everything started, everything that mattered, everything yeah. that was important yeah. was on your was on your block in your neighborhood. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Uh, by the way, if I may recommend. Please. Um, viewing. Uh, this is a classic from uh, the turn of the 21st century. Uh, Ken Rick Burns, I think it was, uh, did it. Uh, New York, a documentary. Okay, okay very good. See, it I- is. Fantastic. See, I recommend, I, I love the documentary NY 77, the coolest year in yes. half. Yeah, ah. which, yeah, which is. Well, everybody right. knows that was the best year to graduate from Munster High School. There you go. That's but not no, right. But, so. but, what I, but what I find, I, I've watched that, that uh, series of eight uh, episodes yeah. over and over again, because Good. I love New York and I find it fascinating. It is a microcosm of the United States in so many ways. I'm the daughter of an immigrant. My mother came to the United States from England, not via Ellis Island. She took the Queen Mary and, you know, she she was a remarkable young woman. She, you know, booked passage herself and, you know, she had her own job waiting and so on. But um, (laughs) there are so many. Uh, it's it's got a, it's got a lefty and definitely, you know, it's a it's a New York chauvinistic uh, angle. But I will say that the. Um, I think the Tammany model that uh, took hold in uh, the city of New York, in particular, in the mid-19th century, uh, was the model for political patronage yes. 
uh, and for the government, for, for political organizations being the intercessors between downtrodden citizens, downtrodden citizens and power structures. Yeah. yeah. And it, it influences New York politics to this day. Um, and I think it's also it had an effect on even on national politics. And by the way, I think the New Deal was designed in large measure, if you think about it, to enrich New York City. Interesting. That may and that makes a lot of sense. It it yeah. really does. I mean, FDR was a New Yorker. Yes, he was. He was surrounded by you know uh, uh, socialists yes. uh, who thought that you know the Soviet model would be a, a great thing, and New York City was the perfect place to yeah. uh, uh, to give it a, a try. Look how much they poured into New York. Oh yeah, in projects. You Without think a doubt. That? It's just it's it's an and also and to your point too how how these projects these do good right government yeah. good government projects displace neighborhoods yeah, well, uh, yeah, go, yeah. oh so why you own a shop here so right. why that you you right. know my, my my father to this day uh, will will point out uh, from the Cross Bronx Expressway oh, yeah. uh, where where his building was when he was yeah. a baby in yeah. 1939 1940 and and he still says they 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 literally they threw us out of the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, the Robert Moses, fascinating, yeah, that's right. character. But but the idea being that um, New York was also a place in which those who survived, uh, many of them survived on their brains. Oh yeah. So you know the whole idea of <laughs> uh, of intellectualism being uh, you know the way in which we uh, and Those- and I. And I'm an intellectual person with an intellectual bent myself, but you know that's the way we elevate ourselves. Um, these, you know, we look to figures of authority because uh, they know we can trust them. They will save us. When FDR said freedom mm. from want and freedom from fear, right? Those were not enumerated in the Constitution yes. for a reason, because government is not meant to be the provider of our livelihoods or the guarantor of our livelihoods. That idea was lost yes. uh, along the way, starting for real in the, in the 1930s. Sure. This is actually a really good segue as we talk about sort of this trust and authority and trust and authoritarians. Before we started the segment yep. and we were just sort of talking, we were talking about Joe Rogan and Spotify. And yep. I was talking about how there seems to be this transformation there's there seems to be a transformation in terms of how the hippies of the 60s view the world and i i said as i've said before that they wanted to replace what they viewed as a corrupt authoritarian regime with benign authoritarian regime of their own and of course the problem is that authoritarianism is authoritarianism is is authoritarianism but you you just had a conversation with somebody about the joe rogan situation and i want we wanted to hear that I did. Yeah, you did. You just weren't you. Did you say you were talking to somebody about Joe Rogan or Neil Young? You were talking about Neil Young with somebody. Well, I mean, I've I've certainly opined on Neil Young. Yes, Yes. No, I'm sorry. I yeah, it was it was not apropos of Young or Rogan. It was a little bit before those controversies. Sorry. Yes, I know to what you're referring, uh, Andrew. Yes, I have. I have a dear friend who's uh, you know tends very much toward the left. and uh, has embraced, uh, you know, all of the authoritarian measures that uh, have been imposed on us 
uh, during COVID. And, and it, 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 I said to him, uh, it, you spent the 60s and 70s questioning authority. Now he's a physician, so he's been yeah. an authority figure himself for decades now. So you'd spent the 60s and 70s questioning authority, you know, protesting Vietnam and you know, you name it. Why do you not question authority now? And he didn't have an answer for me. Interesting. It, it, it was you know, thought-provoking for him. You know, the, the answer could be, be this simple, and that is, you know, we just went through this uh, Whoopi Goldberg situation uh, and, and the Holocaust uh, yep. ignorance. Yep. And uh, many people came to her defense saying that, oh, we know her heart. We know she's not prejudiced. We know she's not an anti-Semite. We know Whoopi's right. heart. And, and so, therefore, we can't cancel her. And, and let us and hold on, Jerry, and let us be clear, Jerry, and both Jerry and I thought that suspending her was dumb, but go. go yeah, ahead. yeah, I, yeah, I don't think we should cancel Whoopi Goldberg. But 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 however, uh, she gets a pass uh, because the, the elite they know her heart, yeah. they know her heart. And the same thing here. You know, how could you be against that government intrusion, but in favor of that? Well, because my heart. I understand their heart. They're trying to do the they're trying to do the best thing. It goes back to years and years ago uh, when Phil Graham first uh, uh, how old I am when Phil Graham went into the Senate uh, and he was on some program with a education expert. And she was talking about what we need to do for children, schools and this and that. uh, And he said to her, uh, you think you know better than their parents? And she said, yes, of course I do. I have these degrees and everything else. And he, exactly. and he said, well, you think you know better for my children? Well, when it comes to education policy, of course I do. And he said, <laughs> he said to her, what are their names? <laughs> and of course, there's no answer. And yeah. that's the problem with the authoritarian left. Uh, right. they, they, they know theory. They know what they know, uh, but they don't understand community and hard work and yeah. entrepreneurship and startup firms and and what it takes churches the what cs lewis calls the, the little platoons they well, they yeah. yeah yeah no i the the i and i don't remember i don't this thought didn't originate in my head and i wish i could give proper credit where due but i just I, take credit for those things now it's all right you can take credit for it <laughs> it originated entirely <laughs> Brilliant mind. I, I have trouble keeping track of all my, you know. No, but, but <laughs> I got to patent these things, but no, but, but, um, but a couple of years ago, I started saying, making the point, emphasizing the point that the defining quality of government is that it can use force against the citizens up yes. to and including lethal force. It can do violence against us. Yes. That is what defines government. And I was with an audience of, again, you know, right thinking, you know, uh, prosperous, successful, you know, so they had the evidence. So don't forget these people succeed. And then they have the evidence to validate their high impression of themselves. Right. Uh, and but you know they, we were we were speaking about you know politics we were having a, an interesting discussion, and when I made that point to them because these are people who believe in good government, right? I'm not even sure we should. I mean there is such thing as good government, but I think most of people when they think of good government they think of benevolent authoritarianism. So you know I was making this point to them, and I made the point about violence, and as you know that's uh, the, the framers brilliantly limited the power of the federal government. You know, because government can compel us to pay for uh, the mistakes of those who govern. 
you know, yeah. and, and they have lethal force if they choose to use it. And I said, look what they did to Roger Stone. That was that was not a criminal complaint against him. And yeah. they came to his door with, uh, you know, arms ready. Yeah. Yeah. And look, we, we, we see it all the time. I mean, this isn't an American example of this, but, you know, in, in the headlines uh, today and yesterday, this 78 year old five oh, yes. foot nothing uh, 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 Canadian uh, great grandfather, he yeah. honks his horn in support yeah. of these truckers and yeah. they they essentially beat him and arrested him. Yeah. That's yeah. what the government does. That's what well, the police do. Right, right, exactly. So we have an opportunity right now. But that's, you know, that's the point I make. You know, look, we all want good things to happen. Sure. But how do you make it happen best? But when I said that about government and about it's, it, it, it's it, you know, the government can use violence, you know, up to and including lethal force against you. It got them thinking, you know, they were sort of like, Hmm. Yeah, because it's the truth. Well, this is what Jerry and I talk about with regards to, you know, these these issues of so-called police brutality, the the examples that led to so much turmoil and have led to so much turmoil in America. You know, Jerry and I talked quite a bit about the Eric Garner situation up in New York. Oh, the reality is right. If 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 there wasn't a law against selling loose cigarettes. Right. You know, sorry, Jerry. And and, and with 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 Mr. Garner, it's it's um, it, it, it appalls me because. The 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 police officers are held accountable. The uh, the arresting officer, all you know, all of this, huh. right? There's investigations, and that should happen. But right. the right. the reason why those officers were there was right. because the New York City Council, yes, uh, had passed laws, but also were asking questions. Why is that? And specifically, that corner, that man. Why aren't we? Why aren't we arresting these these right. people? And the fact of the matter is, is that. Eric Garner died uh, because of the overreach of yes. the New York City City Council. Absolutely. That's, that's why he's that, that, that's Absolutely. why he died. Absolutely. But but the you know, these politicians always manage to uh, distance themselves from the muscle. Yeah, you know, they don't they don't look look when we. <sighs> uh, Nan, listen, I we've, we've we've taken up a lot of your time. Oh, sorry. Um, we'll do it know, again. We, we gotta, we gotta, uh, we've gotta get you, you back here. You're doing a lot of work with our friends at the Independent Women's Forum. Uh, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that before I let you go. Oh, the Independence Women, the Independent Women Women's Forum is for all of us yeah. uh, who care about uh, the dignity and the autonomy of the individual to determine her course or his course in life, and we have taken on. Um, the uh, the folks who seek to impose ever more authoritarian measures on us certainly are um, we have we have as you know we have fellows and we have a wonderful team we have a, a president Kerry Lucas who has uh, uh, is not only an author but has uh, been certainly uh, uh, eloquent uh, and compelling about the wrongness of mask mandates, for example. Yeah. Those well, she's a, I, I call Carrie super, super mom. She's just yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I mean, no, she's and and yeah. that she is, and that she is. Uh, but it's, uh, it, it, we supported uh, not only Amy Coney Barrett, but also Brett Kavanaugh. You know, we mm-hmm. were, were the voices who, uh, who insist that all issues must be framed uh, in terms of the the best interests of all involved and uh, according to the wisdom of our constitution, 
uh, that so brilliantly delineated the powers of the federal government and separated and limited those versus those of the states and the citizens. Uh, and we're also involved in advocacy for uh, women in specific in these very challenging times uh, regarding, for example, uh, participation in sports. You know, how do we yep. how do we manage yep. a topic uh, we didn't even get to, which is which is um, which is critical. I, look, I, I, I have five kids, four wow. daughters. Yeah. And, and my second daughter is a is a is a is an athlete, was the best athlete in her co-ed Catholic high school. And even today, uh, she's one of the best 400 sprinters. Wow. Uh, in the NCAA, NCAA and this issue of, of, of women being able to compete in yep. sports is something that we need to talk out more. Uh, I, I apologize, Andrew, yeah, just right. yesterday or in the news today, Adele, the singer Adele. Yes. She received this award. Yeah. It, it was a gender neutral artist of the year award that, that was purposefully because of these issues, uh, the, 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 the Man, the um, male artist, female artist, they combined it. And she had the audacity to say that she's proud of the what women have done in the yeah. arts. And yeah. she's proud of being a woman and right. being a woman artist. And right. you know that Adele, who I, I don't know her politics one way or the other, is being vilified today because sure. she had the audacity to say that I'm proud to be a woman and I'm proud of women in the arts. I mean, this is, I mean, my technical term is, is, is that we're bordering on insanity here. Right. No, it's yes. insanity on stilts. And yeah. as we have did to, to kind of bring things full circle in a sense, um, it, it is it is our prosperity yeah. Yeah. that has we no longer <laughs> for, for the moment. Uh, you know, it, we certainly the, the last good couple of generations of Americans have not had to worry where our next meal is coming from. Will yes. we keep a roof over our heads? Uh, you know, and uh, I once picked up, I bought uh, probably 30 years ago in the White House gift shop, a, a slim volume of one page biographies of the first ladies of the United States. Um, and that little book uh, had a, a profound influence on just my perspective of history. Those stories uh, up to virtually basically Rosalind Carter you know, and Jimmy Carter, obviously president of the seventies were chronicles of sorrow and loss wow. and hardship. Yeah. And these first ladies were obviously among the most uh, eminent uh, in, in the land, if not the most eminent. Right. And, sure. and they, because, you know, modern technology, science, advances, breathtaking, uh, you know, occurring at ever accelerating speed uh, have enabled us to uh, do things and to uh, yeah. prosper in ways we couldn't before, but human nature has not changed. No, you're right. Human yes. nature has not changed. So, mm. so here we are, uh, you know, uh, 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 sadly, uh, so many human beings unable to have proportion and perspective yeah. Uh, and be able to, uh, you know, they, especially in these little social media bubbles they get into, you know, unable to imagine what the concerns of others might be uh, in, in, in the mix here. It, you know, it's fascinating. I, I, and again, we could go on and on, but I, this is my last thing I'm going to say, Andrew. Okay, no worries, Jerry. So I was, again, I, I, um, I'm an editor at Real Clear, so therefore I'm- I love Real Clear. I'm so, a yeah. supporter. <laughs> I love it too. And it forces me to read everything I'm up at 4.30 in the morning just reading. 
Yeah. Yeah. And so, and so one of the things I hit on earlier this morning was uh, one of the, one of the television morning television hosts, a uh, co-host, he's an African-American man uh, and he's married to um, a, uh, a, uh, a white woman who's also a sports reporter. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and he, uh, he, uh, he was talking about how difficult it is for him to talk to his biracial children about, you know, about how, um, uh, about how someone who looked like mommy uh, uh, could have could have discriminated against or even owned someone who looked like daddy. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. I thought to myself, really? Right. Why not tell them of the civil rights triumph? Why not tell them of the uh, of the slaves who escaped and fought? Why not? Why? Why? Why aren't we talking about uh, th- this history as we're trying, we're triumphing. Yeah. We, 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 the, the most horrid things we overcame and, uh, and the civil rights movement, I I've often said this, if we were going to add someone to the, um, uh, to the Mount Rushmore, you, you put, uh, put, put MLK there. Yes. Uh, right. And my, I think he's, a, should be considered again, false and all of a founding father, but however, instead of focusing on that, how, how we've really triumphed, yeah. He's trying to find something, you know, woe is me. Right. And that's yes. wealth. That's he's yeah. so well right. he's so wealthy, he has to create problems. Ab, you're you're absolutely right. You're here. And and I, I and I I have to say <laughs> this really this our 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 current despair yes. really started with Barack and Michelle yes. Obama. Yes. Yes. Current the current cycle this mood and uh, forgive me but mrs obama has frequently opined uh about and you know she's a woman with many talents and you know certainly many accomplishments but she has frequently opined about uh she she basically tends to have a very doer attitude everything's negative you know everything's a disappointment uh, in in public discourse, she has said she's mildly depressed. She she's a carrier as well. I mean, she certainly depresses me. But I feel, <laughs> you know, I feel as though she was kind of Lady Macbeth to her husband. Mm. You know, it was sort of like, well, here we are. And when when in a moment when, uh, and then President Obama did certainly make some. You know, I did not vote for him. I voted for John McCain. Forgive me. Yeah. Well, listen, I was a, I was a John McCain elector. No, to, to make your point. Well, but, um, but you know, I, I I didn't vote for him, but I wished him well. I wish every president yeah, well. They but, do well, we do well, and it's all because of policy, basically. But you know, I thought, well, you know, I I hope he does well. But if he does what he's proposing, it won't go well, which it right. didn't. But um, but you know, he made some he made some rhetorical gestures of unity, but then very quickly descended into you know with the you know the police in uh you know yes. Lewis Gates, the beer summit the beer the summit beer summit which sounded completely oh. contrived and strange uh but whatever it was you know uh and then you know obviously Trayvon Martin yep. you know, just starting to personalize everything and basically saying instead of saying look I am president now let's yes. get post-racial it's time to be post-racial Okay. And, he could, and he could have done it. Instead, he, done he said, it. I am president now. And despite the fact that I am president, guess what, America? You still suck. Yeah. Listen, and and the thing is, he could have. He could have done on. it. 
man, could have been joined. And you're right, we're going through this, right? We just had an election in which more Americans than ever voted, and yet apparently our elections are yeah. fraud. And and, uh, and, and, and no, no, yeah. but no, but you know, when Michelle Obama was so conspicuous when she said that was the first time I was proud of my country. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Thought, Harvard, Harvard trained, uh, privileged. Yeah, privilege. You know, it's, it's funny. I, I, I remember, and again, I, and we do have to wrap it up, but I remember, um, <laughs> I remember when, um, my, my two oldest were little when, yeah. uh, Barack Obama won. And I remember the next day, uh, uh, talking to them and they were like worried that a Democrat had won. Oh, daddy, what's going right. to happen? They and I right. said, and I, <laughs> right. But I said to them, to your, to your point of hope, yeah. I was like, you know what? Let's see what happens. Right. We're not going to, we're not going to agree with everything. But right. it's a good thing that a black man is president of the United Absolutely. States. And I don't mean to sound so and but and, and I remember early on his presidency, he was on one of the talk shows, the late night shows, and the host was saying to him, uh, Patrick Riley writes about this in the in the Wall Street Journal today. Uh, right. The host said to him something like, "Oh, they're only against you because you're because you're black." Right. And and Obama again because he was charming. Yeah. Right. No, absolutely. Without missing a beat, he says, "Well, I was black before the election, and they voted for me." Yeah. And that, if, if that was his attitude going right. forward, right. he could have been Nixon going to China, sort of. Absolutely, absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, he just he succumbed to, uh, and I think in some ways he succumbed to the blandishments. That oh was, yes, you know, that the hagiography that was created. Uh, oh my God, um, yes, right. You know, and and I just, you know, very unfortunately, yeah. um, it, it it was it was it was a time of deterioration. Every, and yeah. everybody says it. You, you you ask people, it's like, did you feel this way twenty five years ago? Like, no, no. no. <laughs> Andrew, if I can quantum leap, I'm going to go back just before. Uh, uh, Obama went bad to help him to go right, then we could change America anyway. There you go, you're leaving it. Nan Hayworth, listen, thank you so very I'm sorry, go ahead. You have so one more thing to say, go right ahead. Uh, two seconds, Michael Gonzalez, Heritage Foundation, Cuban immigrant, Japanese American. He's been on the show, yeah. Jerry and I both had him on. I love him. The plot to change America lays out chapter and verse of how we got to that point with Barack and Michelle. Uh, because there had been this very steady, deliberate uh, movement to capture and co-op yes. our educational institutions, our yeah. Elliot Mosonary institutions, uh, our government, and yeah. they succeeded. And now they're uh, now they're in the fruition phase. Yep, absolutely. Woke. Uh, yes. so-called world capitalists we will um, you know oh we gotta goodness. get we gotta get michael on nan thank you so very much for joining us i'll put the link up on the, on the page at nan hayworth on twitter nan thank hayworth you. former member of congress we appreciate it thank you very much and, and best of luck well jerry that was that was fantastic um love having nan on as you can tell we can we can talk for a long long time <laughs> but now jerry it is time for the bottom line the bottom line so yeah, I would, I could, we we literally. That's the, here's the funny thing, right? I've been wanting to have Nan on and have a long form conversation with her, f- basically since she and I first talked. Forever, sure, you, yeah. you know, and and you get the sense as to why we're doing this, why these conversations are so important, because you can't get it in eight or even twenty minutes, no. you know, chunks, um, but but fifty minutes. I, I, what I appreciated, especially at that tail end, was this discussion of how we got to where we are. 
and, 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 and it goes yeah. to what you and I have talked about. I'm a little more curmudgeon about it. Uh, and that is the left has, has already won, you know, and that's why, again, bring our conversation, no, bring our conversation full circle. That's why it's not enough uh, to just let them keep on uh, 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 implanting false narratives well, for this- too long. We have been busy our side. We've been busy uh, establishing businesses, uh, putting and create, putting up schools and establishing hospitals. That's what that's what the conservatives or or that's what the sure. kind of the heirs to the founding fathers. We've been building things, and while we're building things, the left has taken over the university, Hollywood. They've taken over the public schools, uh, and we have we have a fight in front of us. We can't. We, we can't be silent. We have you know, it's to funny, push and back. I, I want to get to something in a second, but it, you, just uh, to, to gin off of that, you know, we said before Nan came on the old adage that if you're explaining, you're losing. And I think there is a corollary to this, which is the opposite. If you're not explaining, they're winning. Yeah. Um, and and that there's something to be said for that. It's, it's interesting you talk about this, and I'm, I'm cognizant of your time constraints here, Jerry. Because, you know, years ago, um, I had a family member who was working for a university in the D.C. area. And this person was telling me about how there was a concerted effort to ensure that um, that there were no conservatives being admitted to these graduate programs. Uh, And as I was contemplating whether or not I was going to go to law school, for instance, uh, that I should make sure that there was no reference to anything that smacked of being conservative on my resume or to try to downplay it because that would keep me out of law school. Um, That was obviously at the time, especially very uh, almost impossible to do uh, because I'd worked for a couple of different conservative organizations at the time. And it brings me to something that's happening right now, uh, which is... um, and it's funny because it came up on, on Scotty's show yesterday a little bit uh, before I came on that the Federalist Society was created in response to the effort to get judges and conservative jurists out of the judiciary, right? Um, this idea of, of, of keeping the, having the judiciary lurch leftward. And now that the Federalist Society is actually making good on that promise, and there are more solid conservatives being appointed. Now there is this more direct and very public attack on the Federalist Society. Neil Gorsuch spoke at the Federalist Society. That was a problem. And not, not just on not just on the Fed Society, yeah. uh, but the but the the left is attacking the courts them itself, the court system yes. itself. I mean, just recently, um, a, a very prominent um, African-American, a member of the Black uh, Congressional Caucus, uh, said that the Supreme Court uh, is is yeah. uh, is weaponized and illegitimate, and how yes. dangerous that is. You know, here, here's the good and, news, and, and and the attack. Hold on, before you get to the good news, because the attack the that is now expanded to the legacy of Justice Thomas. So you know, there's and this segment that was done uh, yesterday on on Scotty's show, um, because the there so the, the Georgia legislature uh, passed a resolution uh, to put up a statue of Clarence Thomas, who's from Georgia. And the left is attacking him. The left is attacking his relationship with his wife. They're saying that Ginny Thomas is a lobbyist and a lobbyist for multiple organizations, which is nonsensical. Um, you know, and Ginny has, has long been a conservative activist. But the idea that this somehow influences Justice Thomas's philosophy or his decision making is idiotic. Go ahead. So, again, just for clarity, so our, our, our audience knows. So the House Democratic 
caucus chairman compares Supreme Court majority to the ghosts of the Confederacy. Yeah. That's that's Congressman uh, Jeffries, Hakeem Jeffries out of New York. And that's what they're doing now because uh, there are some conservatives in the uh, in the court, in, in the judicial system. Now you have to rip down the judicial system. This is it. Look at what they're accusing the right of doing. Yes. And they're actually doing it right. There you go. De- delegitimizing elections, uh, ripping down uh, uh, institutions, smashing norms. This is what the left is doing as they point the finger at us saying, look what you're doing. This is what the January 6th uh, committee is so dangerous. Looking at full but, circle. But good news. Right. Good news yeah. is, is that it's always been a remnant. Yes. We, look, the bottom line is, is that they do control all these power centers, but it's always been true that that a remnant is is only a remnant is necessary to fight for freedom. Think about our 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 revolutionary war. It was a remnant. Most people uh, were disengaged or they wanted to remain in the British Empire. Uh, it was a remnant uh, who fought and and declared independence, and yes. the same is true. Look through our our history, our uh, abol- uh, the abolitionist movement, a remnant, right? Yeah. Uh, look at the civil rights movement, a remnant. Uh, look at uh, those who uh, got uh, Ronald Reagan to the presidency. It was a remnant within the Republican Party, right? The majority of the party uh, were were anti Reaganites. The point is, is that as long as there's a remnant. There's hope. Yeah. So and it's and I, I was looking up, I put on my glasses because there was a there was a paper, a new a conservative student newspaper at William and Mary in the 90s called The Remnant, founded on that very founded on that true. very principle. So um listen, uh, so really quick before you go, um, because I know you're again your time constrained. So we got this Fran Leibowitz, Martin Scorsese um uh, uh show. It's a yeah. film on what showtime? It's on Netflix. Netflix. It's on uh, and Netflix. I, I, I got to give a nod to my daughter, Bridget. Uh, she was home. Uh, uh, Bridget and Claire were home. Oh, my anniversary was this week. So oh, happy uh, anniversary. That's right. Happy Eric, anniversary. Eric and I are married 29 years. And Yay. and we and, and the family put a nice big dinner on for us, uh, Bridget and Claire. Uh, Bridget made a delicious dinner. Um, anyway, but Bridget said before she went back, to, uh, went back to Washington, D.C., she says, Daddy, you have to watch at least the first episode of this pretend it's a city fran lieberwitz yeah. uh, and again she's not my political cup of tea no but it's it's brilliant wonderful witty uh uh conversation uh yes and and now i have to go watch jack reacher which oh. is which is well, Reacher's a lot different reacher is just about no no i understand justice. this uh, justice watched, by the fist listen i gotta say this uh watch the eyes of tammy faye uh over the weekend uh enjoyed it jessica chastain is tammy faye uh baker uh congratulations to uh my William, my, my William, my Fieldston, uh, uh, not classmate, but alumnus, fellow Fieldston alumnus, Andy Weisblum, uh, for being nominated for an Oscar for his editing of that film. Uh, also, incidentally, Jerry, uh, starring um, in a supporting acting role, uh, a guy I, I did a play with, uh, Gabriel Olds, uh, playing uh, uh, Pat Robertson. So quite exciting there. Well, uh, I, we are I, gonna... I, I have to tell you something since you mentioned the Oscars. Yes. So um, uh, a, a couple years ago, there is a there is a, a, a Oscar nominee, uh, an Academy Award nominee, uh, uh, best documentary in a short subject. Yes, it's called Audible. Yes, um, I, me, Jerry Rogers, in the film, 
in the documentary. Oh, hey, that's great. Uh, now, uh, I, I, I'm pretty sure my scenes were cut, but essentially it's a documentary about the uh, Maryland School for the Deaf, its football team. There you go. And uh, they asked us, uh, uh, MSD asked us, the St. John's Catholic Prep football team, uh, to come over uh, and be the opposing team as they did these shots. How'd and you, so, how'd you do, Jerry? How'd you well, do against I, the deaf team? Well, it was all it was all staged and okay, it was all okay. Hollywoody and that sort of thing. But uh, St. John's Catholic Prep, Jerry Rogers, Daryl Hayes, uh, we were there, and the the movie that we helped create that's great uh, is now uh, nominated for an Oscar. And and that's that that is that is fantastic. It's a true story for that. I doesn't I know it's a true story. Uh, and and also you know congratulations to our friends at the Summer of Soul, which I interviewed those guys. Uh, over the summer, a great documentary about uh, yeah. the the music festival, the Harlem Arla Music Festival at Mount Morris Park. Uh, we may be back later on this week for an Andrew and Jerry can't wait. Well, uh, we're hoping right to get. Uh, let, let's tease this just real quick. We're hoping to get a Guy Shepherd. Guy Shepherd yes. is the originator, the founder of uh, of a site called Planned Man. Yes, uh, go check it out. Plannedman.com. Uh, he has a brilliant piece on uh, so goes Joe Rogan. Yes. So goes, so goes everything. So goes, so and goes so and so. We're going to have Guy Shepherd on and do a special. Uh, Andrew and Jerry can't wait uh, with Guy Shepherd. Jerry, do you want uh, do you want people to dance around? Or do you want them to plant their feet this week? Plant your feet. Find the truth, though. Plant your feet. Plant your feet. Stand firm. Have a great week, everybody. Have fun and stay safe. <laughs>